You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. Play fake, going to roll right, dumps it off into the right flat to Michael Bumpus, who bounces off a of one tackler, gets inside the 40 down to the 35 yard line. Powered by Seahawks.com. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10 yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Now, here's your host, Nasa Chobi. Welcome into another edition of Hawk Talk. This time we're talking playoffs, the wild card edition. The Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers down at Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Yes, this is a preview podcast. I was very thankful that last week we were not talking about a recap edition about the season being over. The season is very much still alive, even though no one is giving the Seahawks a chance. The Seahawks still believe in it. So let's waste no more time. What's on tap? What's on tap? These 49ers bump 13-4, and NFC West champs, number two seed in the playoffs. Coming off a 10-game winning streak, hottest team in football. I mean, they started the season 3-4, and four, losing games to teams like Chicago, Denver, Atlanta, all not very good teams. And then they got boat raced by the Chiefs. Since then, they have not lost, and they've put it on everybody. They haven't given up, with the exception of that Raiders game, 34 points. They've given up 14, 16, 10, 0, 17, 7, 20, and 13. So, Bump, they're playing good football, man. Uh, what are your thoughts when you saw this matchup? Um... Got to play good. Got to play solid. This is the best team in football right now. And since they pick up McCaffrey, they are 10-1. and one. Um, Since he's been starting, they're undefeated. So yeah. a key component to this thing is Christian McCaffrey. They lose a quarterback, lose two quarterbacks, and still able to go on this run. Just a well-balanced team. And uh, it's going to be a battle. But you know what? I think they're up for it. Let's get it. They have to be up for it. There's no other choice in the second season. I know Pete Carroll coach team is not going to come out and lay an egg in the playoffs. The last game for the Card- or excuse me for the 49ers, they beat the Cardinals 38-13 in week 18 and you know, it was it was all 49ers bump. I don't need to get too much into this. AJ Green, the only good thing to have for the Cardinals, 77-yard touchdown pass from David Blah and um might be the last time we see AJ Green. Yeah, it might be. I mean, he's been an OG in this thing for a long time, so that might be sad to see. The other thing was JJ Watt played in his last game. He had two sacks. Um, which was good to see him kind of go out his legendary career. He's obviously going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But there's nothing really to say much about that game. The 49ers put the beat down on the Cardinals to continue to steamroll the run that they're on. Like we said, 10-game winning streak, so they're playing some really good football. Now, Bump, I'm not going to lie to you, man. The head-to-head doesn't look great. <laughs> no, nah, it doesn't look great. But we all know this, uh, this game isn't played on paper. It's played on grass and turf. But on paper, we look at these two teams. The Niners have the fifth Best offense, the first-ranked defense. You look at the Seahawks, they have the 13th-ranked offense and the 26th-ranked defense. That alone tells you that it's going to be a tough game, but the Hawks have played up and down. They play well against the Kansas City Chiefs. Their second half was awesome defensively, um, but they've also let teams who aren't that great kind of stay around and hang around in the game. So this game is all about not getting down early and causing turnovers Turnover differential, the 49ers are plus 13. That's first in the league. So they don't turn it over a lot, and uh, they take care of the football. For the Hawks, they are plus two. That is tied for 12th in the league. So, look, there's no secret who the Niners are at this point. Defensively, they'll get it done. They got some pro bowlers. Offensively, they got weapons everywhere. They got a young quarterback in Brock Purdy. We'll look at these matchups later. But uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on paper, man. 
because I'm looking at film. I'm looking at matchups, and I look at the film and matchups, and I say, look, anybody can get it, so let's go. Yeah, because, yeah, if this game was played on paper, it wouldn't be a close match. But we know that's not how the second game against the 49ers went. We know the 49ers are a really good team, but they're not bulletproof. They're not perfect. So we will educate you about that and why the Seahawks do have a chance on Saturday. But before we get to that, we got to know the history. Know your history. Seahawks lead the all-time series 30-19, in the regular season and 1-0 in the postseason. Hoping to make that 2-0. We obviously know what that 1-0 was, the NFC Championship game in the Seahawks Super Bowl season. The Seahawks have won four of the last six meetings, but lost both games this season. And in that last matchup, Thursday Night Football at Lumen Field, Seahawks lost 21-13 to against those 49ers. And it was a game of big plays. The Seahawks trailing 7-3, but still very much in the ballgame. Geno Smith finds Travis Homer, and he gets to almost midfield. He fumbles it. They run it back. Sets up 49ers, easy Christian McCaffrey touchdown. Hawks go at halftime, trailing 14-3. Then to start the second half, Brock Purdy found a wide-open George Kittle for a 54-yard touchdown. That made it 21-3, and the Seahawks did what they could. Chip, clawed, scratched, got back in the game. Noah Fant scores a touchdown, 21-13, and the Seahawks needed just two stops on that final possession to get it back with a chance to tie the game. Unfortunately, a 54-yard run by Jordan Mason sealed the deal for the 49ers. Niners outgained the Hawks 30, 381 to 277. Hawks had a turnover, lost the time of possession, and were only 4 of 13 on third down. That's not a recipe for success, Bump. Nah, no, it's not, man. You have to, um, again, cause turnovers. You've got to take advantage of opportunities. And you have to hang around, and it felt like they just couldn't really hang around. You felt like they were in the game, but you look at the scoreboard, you look at some of the stats, and um, it didn't look that way on paper. But, you know, this is a new season. There's a preseason, there's a regular season, there's a postseason. Uh-huh. That's where we at right now. Absolutely love it. That's what we need to see. But we'll, before we get out of that, we know what's good in the West because the 49ers and the Hawks are the only one represented. But let's check out what's the word. Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? Good thing the Rams and the Cardinals both live in warm climates because you can do vacation at home if you want to because they are gone. <laughs> Their lockers are empty. The Niners and the Hawks are the only two teams in this division who uh, who still got something to play for, and they're going to get at it, man. We talked about the Cardinals versus uh, the Niners, how that went. We know how the Rams and the Hawks went last week. But in Arizona, there are some things going down, man. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury is gone, man. Ten months after signing an extension, he is out of there, man. They also announced the general manager, Steve Kime. Am I saying that right? Yep. Has decided to step away from his position in order to focus on his health. How convenient. I hope he's okay, though. I hope he's healthy. But right. it's convenient that all this is going down right now. He signed a contract extension through 2027, uh, but has been on medical leave since December. Kingsbury was hired in 2019, just two months after he was fired from Texas Tech. He finished his, his record with the Cardinals, 28-37. And one, he had a little bit of success, right? There was a a run in 2019. He was from he was five and ten. Then they go eight and eight in 2020 and 2021, which the Cardinals went 11 and six. They reached the playoffs, but they lost in that first round. And the thing about these Cardinals have been and Kingsbury in general, yeah, they can't finish. He didn't finish when he was a college coach. As far as wins and losses, the Cardinals have been able to finish the regular season. They get into the playoffs. Nothing really happens there. Is this a debacle over there with so much talent? That's the part that's confusing, man. So you, it starts with leadership, and we all felt like this day was coming with Kingsburg. Yeah, it's crazy how, you know, they came out kind of guns blazing in 2021. 
They finished eleven and six, but they were failing down the stretch, and then they didn't put up a fight against the Rams in the right. postseason last year. They got smacked there. Leading into this season, Kyler Murray gets hurt, but then you have all the stuff going on on the sidelines. You had the yeah. the clause about video games, and you have Kyler Murray screaming at Kingsbury. I think there's no question Cliff Kingsbury is an amazing football mind. Right. I think he's an amazing offensive coordinator, but it's different when you're leading a group of men. And he'll pro- I mean, knowing him, he's going to land on his feet for sure, so there's no worry there. But it'll be interesting to see where the, the Cardinals go with this thing. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll be a coordinator somewhere. No doubt about it. He'll be a coordinator. It'll be interesting. I mean, now, and we'll see what happens with Sean McVay. I think he's going to be back, but there's a lot of questions around in two teams in yeah. the NFC West. And the, the Niners are where they're at, but they still have quarterback questions regardless of what happens in this game on Saturday. And then the Seahawks are trending up. A lot of draft picks. So next year will definitely be fun. But we're not on next year, Bump. Nah, we're still here. Because there's a big game on Saturday. Let's get these matchups. Man up. Hey, who man is this? Man up on Hawk Talk. Rock Purdy taking on this Seahawks defense. Mr. Relevant, last pick in the NFL draft, played his college ball at Iowa State Cyclone, and he's making some real noise this season. Shout out to my digital counterpart, Matt Haberkamp, who went to Iowa State. Big uh, Rock Purdy fan, but not on Saturday, obviously. Hey, biggest uh, Seneca Wallace, too, man. Seneca Wallace, you're right. You know Seneca, I mean? man. Seneca, oh, man. Love, love you, Seneca. That nice catch in the NFC Championship game at receiver, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, he did his thing. Um, but, yeah, he was a four-year starter for the Cyclones, throwing for over 12,000 yards. He played a lot of games, 30, 81 touchdowns, 33 picks, also ran for over 1,000 yards, 19 rushing touchdowns, all Big 12, all that good stuff. But in the league, he started five games a season and appeared at nine. In those games, 114 of 170, 1,374 yards, 13 touchdowns and just four picks, and sacked 11 times. And, and he's in some historic company. Third QB to start um, – since the start of 1950 with multiple pass touchdowns in each of his first five NFL starts, joining Dan Marino and Billy Volick. And after beating the Cardinals, he also joined a very exclusive list with Kurt Warner and Patrick Mahomes. His 119 passer rating through the first five games of, of his NFL career starts that way. It's the second highest in the Super Bowl era behind Warner at 131 and Mahomes at 116. Since he took over as starter for the 49ers, they are number one in scoring offense, putting up 34 points a game. Last time against the Seahawks, or the only time for him, he was 17-26, 217 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, sacked one time, pass rating of 117. Now, Bum, when I look at this offense, obviously they've taken off, and I'm not. this is no disrespect to Purdy because I think he's killing the game. Right. But when you watch the film and you watch the game against the Seahawks that first time, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. But Kyle Shanahan, I mean, you take away those two throws to Kittle, you can't do that. Right. But he schemed him open. That first play, the fake screen, fake screen, down the middle, boom. And then the Seahawks blow coverage on the second one. So, like, I don't know how much he – I just haven't seen him go out there and win a game. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. the pressure's on. What have you seen from him? Yeah, I've seen the same thing. I've seen Shanahan put him in positions to be successful. You got George Kittle. You talk about the scheme. If there's anyone who's going to scheme – up a defense and make sure they're on their their uh, their heels is Kyle Shanahan, and he's he's shown that it doesn't really matter who's at quarterback. We didn't get to see a lot of Trey Lance, but with Jimmy at quarterback, with Purdy at quarterback, he's shown that um, his scheme works. You just need a guy who knows what he's doing who's going to get the ball out on time. And Debo Samuel is healthy now. I'm sure we'll talk about that too a bit later. But I've just seen a guy who's doing what he's told to do. He will push the ball down the field a little bit more than Jimmy Garoppolo, but a good football player. I think eventually, whether it's with this team next year or somewhere else, he'll be a starter in this league. 
He's definitely shown he can do it. I mean, going for Mr. Irrelevant has such a negative connotation. He still got drafted, but he clearly showed he can do it, and he's played in some big games, not in the playoffs before, so we'll see what happens there. And then bump our guy, Geno Smith, taking on the 49ers defense. Man, talk about his season he had this year. Geno has had one of the best seasons in franchise history at that quarterback position. Um, He set a franchise record in attempts, 572. He... Set a record with uh, the yards for the season, 4,282 passing up Russell Wilson. He now joined the 30-touchdown club, him, Russell, and Dave Craig are in this thing. And then he led the NFL in completion percentage at 69%. That was also a franchise record as well. Almost got to 70, which it hasn't been done here, only 13 times throughout the NFL. Uh, Pass rating, 100.9. That's fifth in the league. QBR, 61.1. That's sixth in the league. We talk about his passing yards. He's eighth. And for touchdowns, he threw 30. He is fourth in the league. Week two against the San Francisco 49ers. Didn't have a great day. It was 24-30, I guess, completion-wise. He was all right. 197 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Had a pass rating of 80.2. Second time around, he threw the ball 44 times. I think you got to stay away from 40 when it comes to pass attempts. you got to run that ball a bit more. He was 31-44, 238, one touchdowns, zero interceptions. It was sacked three times. His pass rating there was 90.9. Now, he had his worst pass rating of the season against the Rams, 65.7. He went nine of his first 12 games with a pass rating over 100. So we've seen something as of late that we're not used to, but uh, that's the NFL. You're going to play against good teams. You're going to have bad games. You're going to have good games for the most part. Geno has been good to go. He's facing the best defense in the league this week. The Niners only allowing 300 yards per game. The number one scoring defense only allowing 16 points per game. And they're 20th against the pass, allowing 222 yards per game. If Geno can hover around 250, 280, two touchdowns and be able to run the football, I think we have a chance. But we got to see the Geno that we saw for the majority of the season, not lately. Yeah, and we know the Niners have a really good run defense as well. But the Seahawks need to find a way to be – when I say balance, not they don't have to be 25 and 25, but Geno can't throw the ball 44 times. Right. So that means they're coming from behind, and that means you have you know, Nick Bosa, which we're going to talk about, and guys like that who get to just rush the passer, and we don't want that. So hopefully Geno, his attempts are more closer to 25-30. Now we want to talk about weapons, man. Christian McCaffrey against his Seahawks front seven, and this trade has really paid off. You know, yes, when, when we were live on Hawks Live when that happened, mm-hmm. and it, it was a haul, man. It wasn't just lightly. They sent a... 2023 second, third, and fourth round pick, as well as a 2024 fifth round pick to get McCaffrey. And McCaffrey coming to this was not a guy that stayed healthy for the last couple years. He only played in 10 games in 2020 and 2021. However, he's been healthy in all 17 this year, and he's been balling out, man. That trade seemed worth it at the moment. He has 244 carries for 1,139 yards, eight touchdowns, and, I mean, then he's a receiving threat, 85 receptions, 741 yards, and five touchdowns. So he's been balling out. Since he got there, he's been balling out. He's a major problem in that first matchup. 26 carries, 108 yards, one touchdown, six receptions for 30 yards. Niners are eighth in the NFL and rushing at 138 yards per game. And but the thing that stood out to me watching the game tape and just being at the stadium when that first matchup, McCaffrey never went down on first contact, right. and he never had a negative play. And they just gave that man the ball. And it's going to be monsoon weather. So McCaffrey, I'm, he's going to have minimum 25 carries. I know Elijah Mitchell is back as well. But he, I mean, the Seahawks need to stop him definitely. You know, the last couple of weeks they've been pretty good, holding the Chiefs 77 yards, the Jets 75. 
Slight setback last week, giving up 146 to the Rams and 140 Cam Akers. They're 30th in the league overall when it comes to stopping the run. But Christian McCaffrey's a bad dude, and he's a guy that they need to contain. I mean, he's gonna if he's around 100, that's okay, but he can't he cannot go off. I want his yards per carry to be around four. Yeah, my man had over 30 touches last time he played the Hawks. So you know they're gonna give him the rock. What can you do with it? Now the matchup: Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk versus. Tariq Woolen and Mike Jackson. Uh, the Niners have weapons everywhere. We're talking about running backs, receivers, tight ends. They got them all, and these two guys are one of the two of the best receivers in the league. So you got to watch out for these guys. Brandon Ayuk. He had a career year in 2022. He had a career high in receptions, targets, yards, and touchdowns. 78 receptions for 1,015 yards and eight touchdowns. He's been quiet the last two games against the Seahawks, but you know. Can't sleep on him. Week two, he had five receptions for 63. Week 15, he had two receptions for 19. On the other side, you got Debo. Mm. My man is back. He had a quiet week last week. I think he only had like one reception for three yards or something like that. But, yeah. you know, they're just easing him, easing him into this thing. In 2022, 56 receptions, 632 yards, two touchdowns, and 42 carries for 232 and three touchdowns. This guy, Debo, does it all. Um, he's only playing 13 games this season. He missed four because of knee and ankle injuries. I saw him on the sidelines or court side of the, the Golden State Warriors game the other day. So, you know, he's feeling good. He's mm. getting ready to go, man. Um, in the first matchup against the Seahawks, uh, Debo had five for 44, four carries for 53, and that included a 51-yard run. Defensively, Tariq Willen and Mike Jackson's Jackson have had really good seasons. Woolen is tied for the lead in interception in the NFL and fourth in passes defended with 16. He's got, what, six interceptions. Mike Jackson had his first career interception um, this year. He has 12 passes defended, and that is 18th in the NFL. So both these guys can play. They're going to need to play. And if they can lock down on the outside and make the Niners become predictable, then I like our chances. Yeah, both of them linked up in week two. When Tariq blocked the kick and then yeah. Mike Jack ran it all the way back. So I'd love to channel some of that energy because, yeah, everyone on defense is going to have their hands full of these 49ers. And then another guy who talked about weapons. Let's go over to the defensive side. Nick Bosa versus Erbody. Erbody. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, Bosa has been a problem this year and, and is probably going to run away with defensive player of the year. I think Micah Parsons has a run at it. But when you look at these numbers for Nick Bosa and how the, the 49ers have been playing, 51 tackles on the season, 41 solo. That's a lot from his position. Mm-hmm. 18 and a half sacks, 19 TFLs, two forced fumbles, and 56 QB pressures. I think it's actually more than that because I looked at a different stat from Next Gen Stats. I believe that number is actually 73. But, wow. Um, his 18 and a half sacks lead the NFL. His 19 TFLs were second in the NFL. Against Seattle, he's still been a problem. Four tackles, two sacks, five QB hits in week two. Week 15, two, sack, or two tackles, one sack, one TFL, three QB hits. He also sacked Geno and forced a pick six, but the Hawks got lucky with a rough in the passer call because Bosa landed with all his weight on Geno. It was a good call, but it was it didn't it wasn't that Bosa was stopped in right. that scenario. So he's a dude that'll wreck the game for you if you let him do it. Samson Ebukam is a second on the team in sacks with just five. So it's coming from Bosa. That's what it is. It's coming from Nick Bosa. He's coming off a crazy year where he had similar numbers last year, but he just upped some of that stuff. So it's it's a it's a problem. Abe, Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, they've seen him twice now. And I look, Bump, I looked real quick. I looked at his three sacks against us. The first one was it, 
everyone kind of protection went left, and then Bosa was one on one with Rashad Penny. And it was a play. I mean, that's yeah. You can't ask the running back to block him. Mm-hmm. He gets sacked. The second one, they ran a they ran a TE stun on both sides. So he loops in, and then they got pressure from the le- the Geno's right side. Geno steps up, and then Bosa sacks him. And then the third time, he just beat Charles Cross. He just slapped his hands down, and he got there. So he's a problem. You got to need to know where ninety seven is lined up in every single play. Defensive player of the year. You're you're playing against him. I think Nick Bosa will get defensive player of the year. If he doesn't, he'll be second in, in vote. So, yeah, isn't it messed up, man? The Hawks got to go against Nick Bosa, and then you see Aaron Donald twice a year too. Like, you yeah. get no breaks when it comes to no. that defense, those defensive linemen in this league. Let's talk about Ken Walker. Had himself a great season, had over 1,000 yards. He joined Court Warner as the second rookie in franchise history to rest for over 1,000 yards. Last three games, he's gone for over 100 as well. Overall this year, 1,050 yards, nine touchdowns. His nine touchdowns lead all rookie players. Ken Walker is second in the NFL in runs of 20 yards or more with 10. He trails just Nick Chubb, who has 13. That's a good company right there. Nick Chubb is a baller. Walker did this with only 11 starts and 15 games played. So imagine if he had all those starts. Now, the reason why he had 11, Rashad Penny was balling at the time. Yeah, you wanted to ease this young man into this position, but he was uh, thrown in there because Rashad Penny goes down and he did his thing. So the last two games against the Niners, he's got four carries for 10 yards. He's got 12 carries for 47 yards and then uh, a couple receptions or more each of those games. We need him. He needs to have a big game, man. Now the uh, Niners are only allowing 77 yards per game, so it's going to be tough um, but the Hawks are averaging 120 yards per game on the ground when it comes to running. So, look, man, this is um, this is going to be a key factor here. Can they run the football, loosen this defense up, and allow Geno to work? It's going to be important, man. I mean, it's going to be hard. Number two deep run defense in the league. It doesn't mean it can't be done. It's going to be a monsoon. I'll bring it up again. The San Francisco 49ers played in a monsoon in week one against Chicago, and they took an L. The rain was going sideways. Footing yeah. was bad. I'm hoping to see some of that on on Saturday, and it's going to be a dogfight, so they're going to need to bring it up front with Ken Walker there. And then another matchup. We'll just continue to hit all the weapons these guys have. <laughs> George Kittle. Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the NFL. I've been saying this for years. He can block. He can catch, run after the catch. He can do it all. He missed the Week 2 matchup, but, man, he made the Seahawks pay in Week 15. He had four receptions for 93 yards, two touchdowns. One of them came on a blown coverage by uh, Treak Woolen. He, he came out and said it. it was cover three. just wasn't deep. And we saw it happen, let me, let me count, one time this year. So right. Tariq's going to be ready, no doubt about that. And then the other one we talked about a little bit earlier, too, was Shanahan just schemed him up. That is a play I'd never seen before. And never. the second they ran, I'm like, oh, I, I can't even be mad at that. <laughs> screen left, screen right. Oh, okay. And your your keys are all jacked up. And then yep. you have Kittle, who blocked at first and then released it. I mean, that's just a great design. So he schemed him up. And, and Kittle, you know. He's having a good year, 60 receptions, 765 yards, 11 touchdowns. His 11 touchdowns are third in the NFL. He has seven touchdowns in his last four games, so he's been heating up. He's a matchup nightmare, and against the Hawks in his 10 games, 45 receptions, 655 yards, four touchdowns, but he's 3-7 and seven in those games. Okay. Throwing that out there. Okay. I mean, bump. <laughs> everywhere you look, you can't, you can't relax and play. No one on any level can look because you, you look around, there's ballers everywhere for San Fran, so it's going to be a tough matchup either way. But I think Pete Carroll and that defensive staff have something for these guys. They they know them as well as anyone could know them. So 
They're going to need to bring it for sure. Yeah, they got to bring it. Man, 10 games, he's got 45, 655, and four touchdowns. That's a season for a Pro Bowl tight end. <laughs> he does that yeah, in 10 man. games. So we need to lock him down. All right, let's show our guys some love, man. We've been talking about the Niners. How about DK and Tyler Lockett? They both go for over 1,000 yards. DK has 90 receptions for 1,048 and six touchdowns. Tyler Lockett goes 84 receptions for 1,033 and nine touchdowns. It just doesn't work without these dudes, man. Lockett is the second player in franchise history to have four 1,000-yard seasons. Joining who? Steve Largent. Who else? Lockett also moved into third place on Seattle's all-time receptions list with 533. Man, and receiving yards list with 7,100 moved him to second place in his receiving touchdowns with 54. This guy is a baller. DK is having a great season. Like I mentioned, he moved in. He became the fifth player in the NFL history with at least 300 receptions, 4,000 receiving yards, and 35 receiving touchdowns in the first four seasons. He joins Odell Beckham, A.J. Green, Randy Moss, Andre Risen. He also set a single-season career high with 90 receptions, his third most in franchise history, posted his second 1,000-yard season and moved into fifth place with the most receiving yards in the player's first four seasons in franchise history with 4,218. Uh, DK, he's uh, he's seen these guys twice, just like our guy Tyler Lockett. First time he saw the Niners, he had four for 35, not great. Second time, seven for 55. Lockett, on the other hand, had nine for 107 the first time around. Then he had seven for 68 the second time around. Uh, if there's a hole in this defense for the Niners, it's defending the pass. They're 20th in the league, allowing 222 yards per game through the air. They've allowed some big performances. A.J. Green had himself a day, 91 yards in a tutty. Devontae Adams, whoo, went off. Seven for 153 and two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, nine for 146. D-Hop, nine for 91. Cooper Cup, he does this to everybody. I don't even want to, like, put this on the list. <laughs> like, Cooper yeah. Cup gets it done. Um, he had eight for 79 in the touchdown, and he had 14 for 122 earlier uh, in a season meeting. Juju Smith-Schuster had seven for 124. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then we'll finish with Tyler Lockett had nine for 107. So we just rattle all of these stats off to say, if there's a weakness, mm-hmm. it's through the air. But Ken Walker needs to get go to work so it loosens up through the air. And we just got to be balanced. You said it earlier, not 50-50, but they got to they have to defend everything. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and that's the thing. If Ken Walker's not running the ball, then those guys, are they can blanket, they can stay over top. And Pete said, I think, earlier this week at some point, talking about what they do, they don't do a lot of special stuff. They're similar to those really good Seahawks defenses. They're going to show you mm-hmm. what they're doing, but they do it. They, they cover through their pass rush. Right. It's easy, it's easy to cover if you only got to cover for one and a half seconds, <laughs> man. So we'll tell you guys how the Seahawks are get it done. We've gone through all the matchups. We know they got balls, but we're going to tell you exactly how the Seahawks are going to win this game, path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. Start fast. And I've been saying this to anyone who will listen. I think this is how the Seahawks get it done. They just cannot get down two scores early on. In the first matchup, the Hawks got down 20 nothing at the half. In the second game, they're down 14-3. to And they quickly got down 21-3. to and this defense is too strong to spot them 14 points. I think if the Seahawks can avoid that and they can just hold serve, take that first punch from the Niners, and maybe put a cup together a drive or two, at least to change the field position battle, they'll be in this game. But you got to start fast. Mr. Christian McCaffrey, 
Got to stop the run. Easier said than done. We know this guy is special, man. Uh, Chris McCaffrey had over 100 yards rushing last game, and the 49ers are a lot to handle if they are two-dimensional. Make them one-dimensional. Which would you rather have, them have a good game on the ground or a good game through the air? Oh, if we're making them, if we're making them, goodness gracious! I guess I'd rather have them have a good game through the air. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I mean, if if they're doing that, that means we're, we shut down the run, and then if it comes down to a coin toss, I'd rather them having to continue to challenge Tariq over right. and over again. Right. But yeah, and Diggs, hopefully Diggs, neither. Diggs is back in his back too, so yeah, yep. probably through the air because there's more room for error when they do that. And speaking about through the air. You got to slow down George Kittle, man. He is balling. You mentioned, what, seven touchdowns his last four games. Mm-hmm. I think Purdy has uh, figured out that he has a pro bowler over there. Uh, the 49ers also clinched the game on a 50-yard run on third down. So it's uh, it's explosive plays with George Kittle. Like He's he's not he's not good for the two- or three-yard gain. He's, yeah. he's going to get it, and he's going to try to get some money. So, yeah, man, George Kittle, stop that guy too. Yep, stop all that yak. And then we got we to keep number seven, Geno Smith. We got to keep him upright, man. Nick Bosa cannot ruin this game. He's right. put his fingerprints all over both games each time. He's going to get a sack probably. He's going to get some pressures. He's going to get a couple of hits. But he cannot be a game wrecker. Charles Cross, Abe Lucas need to have their best game of the season, and I think they will. They've seen it a couple times. They're no longer rookies. I heard Wyman say that a million yep. times today. It's the second season, and it really is. They've seen it. They've seen them twice, so I know they're going to be jacked up, ready to, ready to go. And then you mentioned earlier, run the dang ball. Ken Walker needs to ride the momentum into this game. I want to get him to 20 carries, and that means they're sticking with it. And if they're able to get to 20 carries, that means they've stayed in the game. Yep. Because if, if he has six or seven or eight or nine, that means we're throwing that thing 45 times and we're probably trying to come back from a lead. So try to run that football. I want to sprinkle a little DJ Dallas in there too. Yeah. Sprinkle a little DJ. I Absolutely. think he's earned it over the past few weeks. Uh, but lastly, make – Mr. Irrelevant beat you. I, I think after after this year, we got to stop calling him Mr. Relevant because he's proven to be relevant for this team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I need him to act like Mr. Irrelevant this Saturday, man. He hasn't really been through anything. Five games. Um, everyone's been healthy for the most part besides Debo. This is the playoffs. This is a different yeah. type of feel. He's played on primetime on a Thursday, but there's nothing like the playoff, man. Can you handle the pressure, Purdy? Let's make him feel it. Absolutely, man. It's, you know what, Bump? Time to shock the world. Hawks are playing with house money. We know they've had an amazing season regardless of what happens on Saturday, given the expectations heading in. But I feel good about it. There's a way the Seahawks can get this done. Shane Waldron, Pete Carroll, Clint Hurt, they're all going to be in their bag on Saturday, giving this team a chance to get it done. Reminder, you can catch us anywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Sirius XM, and more. Here's the thing, man. I think the Seahawks got a chance. And I hope the next time we are talking to you guys, we are talking about a recap and a win and getting ready for a divisional playoff round. Yes, I said it in Philadelphia because we already know that because the Seahawks are the seventh seed. Until then, we'll see what happens on Saturday. He's Michael Bumpus. I'm Nasa Toby. This has been the preview edition of Hawk Talk. Wildcard playoff weekend. Seahawks take it on the 49ers.